0: Filled with teaching, truths and issues that matter. Bernie Diamond's A Different Perspective. Part of Night Vision each weeknight. Details at vision.org.au Realfaith.org.au. It was really unusual for a year to go by and have written two songs. Because I'd been writing a lot before then. And that was a real indicator that this was not a good season and it was just really tough. But... They ended up being recorded by Planet Shakers and sung at church. Welcome to
1: Real Faith.
0: Conversations
1: about the impact faith has on our lives and the challenges we go through. Helping us today and giving us hope for tomorrow. That's Real People, Real Life, and Real Faith with Eric Scatterbo.
2: That's the music of Grammy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and worship leader Mitch Wong, who was born and raised in Australia and now lives in Nashville, Tennessee. However, even though he's been tremendously successful, he's still largely unknown in his home country. Why is that? We'll find out as Mitch shares his story with us.
0: Mitch Wong, welcome to the program. Eric, thanks so much for having me. Glad to
2: have you with us. And yeah, we want to find out how come a lot of people don't know you here. We're going to get
0: to all that. But first, let's back up a little bit and okay. find out where were you born and raised? So I was actually born in Newcastle, okay, which is in New South Wales. Mm-hmm. And my dad was in the Air Force. Oh, okay. So he used to fly F-18s and he was kind of stationed all across Australia. I think we went to Sydney, Perth, newcastle and then we eventually landed in melbourne when i was about four so i'm pretty much raised in melbourne Melbourne yes yeah Yeah. Yeah.
2: okay i have to ask you yes your surname is wong correct (laughs) you live in box hill yes many people would think oh obviously you're asian Uh uh-huh but i'm looking at you this isn't tv this is radio yep you don't look asian at all what's the story
0: I'm sure I look a little bit like a little maybe bit, yeah, maybe a my bit, eyes. Yeah, so I'm yeah. a quarter Asian. Oh, okay, my dad is half Singaporean Chinese and half Bulgarian. Okay, and so his parents both migrated to Australia from. Uh, my nan actually came from Czech Republic. Oh, okay. When she was about eight years old, you are international. Yes, so she landed with her parents in Australia at eight years old. She went to Hastings, which was an immigration camp. Down Mornington Way. And then my grandfather came from Singapore when he was, I think, in his early 20s. And he was a mathematician. And somehow, they found each other. And both of their families are very orthodox, Mm -hmm. Singaporean, Bulgarian, respectively. So, it wasn't a popular marriage, but they made it work.
2: Orthodox in what sense? In the
0: sense that very traditional, they really wanted their son, their daughter to marry Oh. Someone Singaporean and someone right. Bulgarian. So there was opposition. There was opposition. But but love overcame. Love overcame. <laughs> You're correct.
2: <laughs> oh, wonderful. <laughs> yeah. So who told you all this story? It was, did they well, tell
0: you? Yeah. my I mean, my parents told me. And I think that's probably just something about Australia is it's so multicultural, yeah, especially yeah. Melbourne. Mm-hmm. And I find it so common that I find people have got a mix of all different nationalities and everything. So... Yeah, it's just part of our family history. I'm okay. grateful for it. So that's your dad's background. Yes. And your mother's background? Well, convicts it's to some extent from oh. England. Oh, okay. we're just white. <laughs> okay. So British. Yeah, British. Okay. So, um, yeah, we grew up in just a really cool family because. Singaporean culture is very food heavy and we love our food isn't that beautiful (laughs) oh and being in Melbourne is the perfect city for that because there's so much amazing Asian food Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and my nan cooks amazing food as well she's Bulgarian so yeah I really would
2: like to be invited over (laughs) oh yes
0: and the good thing is I married Steph my wife Mm -hmm. and we'll talk about that later but she's full blood Malaysian and both of her parents were born in Malaysia came when they were early 20s -hmm. So, pretty much my whole life has been full of really good Asian food. Why are you not 500 pounds? I don't know. <laughs> Well, Singaporeans have really good metabolisms too. Oh. So, I've got a very high metabolism. Oh, I'm, I'm blessed. I mean, I've been yeah. in the States for three years and I haven't gained weight. I've probably lost weight because I was in better really? shape. <laughs> yeah. My metabolism is so funny. So, I can eat pretty much junk my whole life and I won't put on weight but if I go to gym... I actually the gym, hate you. Yeah, I know. I know. It is, it is pretty good. I'm, I'm hoping it'll last forever. <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see. I, I thought that one day, but
2: hasn't worked yeah. out that way. So, very interesting cultural heritage. What was life like growing up in Box Hill on the east side of Melbourne?
0: So, it was actually one turn of south. That's where okay. we lived when we moved to Melbourne. Mm-hmm. And then we eventually landed in Box Hill and mm-hmm. then Montalbert. Albert. Mm-hmm. But it, it was a really good upbringing. Like I had both parents loved each other mm-hmm. and just amazing parents who created such a good household. I've got an older sister who's three years older than me. And then when I was seven and she was 10, my parents had our other sisters, they're twins. Mm-hmm. So it was actually a very loud upbringing. We had a <laughs> lot of, a lot of, uh, it was the Wong jungle we called it. It was kind of crazy in some ways, but we just had the best time and I remember part of our upbringing was we went to church. Um my dad actually wasn't a believer when he married my mom, mm-hmm. and mom was always a believer. Okay. So when he found Jesus, I was about 4 years old. Mm-hmm. And it just changed his life. And we started going to this local Baptist church. It's called Sindal Baptist Church Mm -hmm. in Mount Waverley. Quite familiar with it. Yeah, and we we loved that. And so, that was my first experience with church was just going and Sunday school. Mm -hmm. It was so beautiful. And then my older sister, when she was about 15, she found the youth group for Planet Shakers, which is called Planet Boom. Mm -hmm. And she loved it and was just going with her school friends so... She just said to Mum, mom, I found this awesome church. Why don't we just give it a go? So, our whole family ended up going to Planet Shakers. Oh, okay. Pretty much six months after it started in Melbourne. It started in 2004. And so much of my faith journey has come from that, Mm -hmm. being in Planet Shakers and just such an amazing atmosphere of faith. And... I guess, passion in music. And Mm -hmm. that's, I guess, a lot of what I do today. Mm
2: -hmm. So, was it the music that you encountered at Planet Shakers? Was that influential on you in developing your whole love for music and worship music?
0: Yeah, so it was that in some ways. Mm -hmm. And in other ways, it was actually my school. We had an amazing music school, Mm -hmm. and I was a percussionist all through school. So, Mm -hmm. I would play, you know, triangle bass drum um i was actually the timpanist which is the big drums at the back of the orchestra. oh yeah 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 and we used to play all of these classical pieces Mm -hmm. part of the symphonic orchestra we called it and now is this a secular school yeah oh no it was it was scotch so it was a presbyterian school Mm -hmm. so that was definitely really influential on my i guess musicianship Mm -hmm. yeah was being part of that all the time Mm -hmm. and Another part was in all of our school assemblies, we would sing these amazing hymns Mm -hmm. and there would be an organ player playing and it was just such a blessing to be able to go there and be surrounded by so much classical music, so many beautiful melodies. Yeah, And then on the other hand, church was just, like really into music And Planet Shakers Very contemporary Very contemporary music So you had the whole spectrum You had the hymns The traditional
2: hymns yes. Traditional classical music Contemporary Christian music Yes well, Planet and, Shakers
0: worship And I loved pop music So okay. I'm a pop fan still mm-hmm. Just And I remember growing up listening to the top 40, just Mm -hmm. following the charts. I think the first album that I bought with my own money was In The Zone by Britney Spears, (laughs) which is straight down the line pop. But I loved it. And eventually, I started discovering that I wanted to write some of these songs Mm -hmm. and I wanted to just give it a go because at the time, actually... Yeah,
2: when did you go from just liking music to, hey, maybe I could write some of
0: this, make some up myself? Well... It was interesting because 12 years old, Mm -hmm. I wanted to be an author. So, I I loved Lord of the Rings and Narnia and I really wanted to write fantasy novels that had Christian themes Mm -hmm. and just use that as a way to, I guess, encourage people and fill them with Mm -hmm. hope because I had experienced that with Lord of the Rings. So, I loved language and as a 12-year-old, I would write these manuscripts Mm -hmm. And I would write all these chapter books and I just loved it. And I think to a certain extent that dream is still Mm -hmm. alive. I still want to do that. But eventually that dream to use language to inspire people kind of merged into songwriting Mm. when my youth leader at the time, he started songwriting. And I just wanted to follow that. Yeah. and We should probably back up. At what point did you become a Christian yourself? Yeah, good question. So I remember... As a five-year-old kid, I just started going to Sindel Baptist. Mm -hmm. I knew about God and I was always curious about God. Mm -hmm. And I remember distinctly one of these conversations I had with my friend at school who went to Sindel. And it blew my mind as a five-year-old kid. He was saying, you know, God is so powerful. He can do anything. And I remember asking him as a kid, is he so powerful that he could even turn a table into water? like hmm. just in one moment and he's, and he's like, <laughs> yes, which is, I don't know, you know, a five-year-old yeah, kind five-year-olds of concept, that come up with that, yeah. but I remember being so fascinated with God, but it didn't really become a personal decision to follow him and to accept Jesus until I was about 14. I hmm. remember I'd started going to this youth group, Planet Boom, and there was an invitation to accept Jesus as savior and and to accept him into your heart. And I remember for weeks and weeks and weeks, I was so self-conscious and I was so afraid to make that decision and to step out and to go down the front because I didn't know what people would think of me. Mm. And I was just kind of bound by fear. Mm. And I remember one night it had just gone on for so long. And I, I remember hearing the voice of God just say like, if you give me one step, if you just take one step out of your seat, I'll take the rest. Mm. And I remember doing that Mm. and acting on that. And it was just so beautiful because I did take one step and then I found myself at the front, just Mm. praying this prayer to thank Jesus for the price that he paid on the cross Mm. and for saving my life and accepting him as my Lord and savior and my shepherd. And so that was the moment as a 14 year old kid that really changed my life. Our guest
2: today is Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Mitch Wong, who's sharing his life journey with us. We'll hear more of his story when we return right here on Real Faith. The Word for
1: Today is Australia's most widely read daily devotional designed to give you practical teaching to keep you focused on your relationship with Jesus. Read it online or subscribe to the free printed edition at thewordfortoday.com.au. You're listening to Real Faith
2: chatting with Grammy Award-winning songwriter Mitch Wong, who was born and raised in Australia and now lives full-time in Nashville, Tennessee. Before the break, we heard about his heritage and how he became a Christian. Next, we'll hear how his faith grows, along with his desire to compose songs for the Lord.
1: Jesus Jesus
0: Jesus I think that started to bleed into everything that i did whether including was... wanting to be an author and exactly everything. Mm-hmm. yeah so yeah. whether it was writing or or singing or writing songs that's kind of what started that it was that decision to follow jesus and so my youth leader he started writing songs and just showed me probably four chords on the piano and so up to that point
2: you were more just hitting the drums
0: Yeah. Well we had it was xylophone. Hitting the drums. (laughs) I knew more than hitting drums. It was more I had a lot of theory that I knew and we did a lot of xylophone and Mm -hmm. marimba, Mm -hmm. which is actually really similar to piano because it's the same layout. Mm -hmm. And my mum was a piano player, really good one, Mm -hmm. and a flute player. So she had this whatever music musical gift I have I I get from her. Mm -hmm. And So, we had a piano at home because she'd kept one for our whole lives. And when I was 15, I started just sitting at the piano for hours and hours and hours and just starting to write these melodies and write songs. Did you have piano lessons and all that? Well, funny story. I did have piano lessons when I was five years old, really young. Oh, okay. But I remember I quit because this is is a funny way to quit piano. But... um. I loved it. However, I needed to clip my nails one time and I accidentally (laughs) left, I like left the nail clippings on the side of the piano. And I remember our piano teacher came and she was teaching my older sister as well. And they, they found these nail clippings and I got so embarrassed that I'm like, I'm not. I I just we don't want to piano anymore. We always missed out this generation's Mozart because of <laughs> nail clippings. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say this generation's Mozart, but well, yes, I mean, yeah, yeah. This I, it was just one of those things as a kid that I'm like, no, nope, I don't want to play piano again. I was so I don't know embarrassed. But about you it. overcame. The Lord I helped did. you overcome yes, this. God oh, is that's good. Beautiful. So at 15, I start playing again and just loving it. And I think I'm actually really grateful that happened that way because. The way that as bizarre as it is, yeah, as bizarre as it is, (laughs) because if I had kept up with classical, it's actually really hard to transition from classical playing to church contemporary playing. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Because it's so regimented Hmm. and structured that it's hard to break out and just improvise. Okay. A a lot of people who have maybe jazz would have been a better foundation. True. Okay. But I love that when I started playing, it just became this so connected with songwriting because I, w- I would play the piano and really i wanted to play because i wanted to songwrite, so i got better at playing so you didn't
2: want to just play just to play no you wanted to write songs yeah i wanted to write songs so the creative process was part of who you are yes right from the start
0: yeah and i think that's where the melodies for songs came is because i would spend hours at home in my living room just trying to find the best melodies and just Mm -hmm. it was just an obsession and i remember Mm. growing up so 15 to 20 it was just this it grew from a little hobby that i loved Mm. to this is what i want to do with my life i absolutely love it and i remember i would stay up in my room probably until 3 a.m 4 a.m making these demos and just writing these songs for no one Except God. It was just, mm. I just loved writing church music because that's what I was around. And
2: Now, did you know if you were doing the proper structure, the proper chord progressions? I mean, there's music theory and certain keys yeah. are all supposed to go together. It's beyond me, but yeah. you know you, you know what I mean. You can't just put a bunch of chords randomly together. They have to yes. fit.
0: Yeah. So, I think my mom recognized that there was, well, both my parents did, but I guess my dad could just say it's really good but <laughs> mom's got the musical experience oh right right well, that's, so, that's helpful yeah so she recognized that there was a, a talent there and then she suggested why don't you go to some lessons mm-hmm. and planet shakers at the time i'm sure they still are they were holding lessons for piano guitar but also one of them was songwriting oh okay and so, BJ Pridham, who's a dear friend of mine, one of my best friends, he actually taught me how to play from my heart. Mm-hmm. And it was more than just, you know, chords that kind mm-hmm. of just sounded clunky, but to really express myself. Mm-hmm. And he's an amazing songwriter. So, he really recognized, I guess, some gold underneath mm-hmm. the, the rubble. <laughs> oh, the, wow, the, that's
2: a nice way of putting it. No,
0: it really was because I, I really wasn't that great but he recognized that I could be and isn't that wonderful it is when you find people and that's what I try and do mm-hmm. because I've learned that from him it's yeah. so powerful when you recognize it's so great to have somebody
2: believe in you yeah
0: encouragement goes be... a long way yeah yeah it goes a long mm-hmm. way and I remember I got so encouraged when I would bring him these little ideas like a little chorus I'd been working on mm. and he was just so impacted by it and encouraged me so much so That really kind of fanned into flame this passion for songwriting Mm -hmm. and and playing piano. And eventually, I actually wrote a full song and showed him and made a demo. And he ended up sending that. I didn't know about it, but he sent that to our pastor, Pastor Russell. And at that time, I was probably 20 years old Mm -hmm. and I was in Bible college. And I remember sitting in that room and we were learning, you know, we were taking some subject and Pastor Russell was lecturing and then at the end of that, I guess, lesson, he motioned to the sound guy at the back of the room and is like, okay, do that thing. And I'm like, everyone's kind of going, what's going on? And then all of a sudden, I recognize this song that's playing. It's this <laughs> demo that I sent BJ and he had sent it to Pastor Russell and he's, he just starts playing this song to everyone in the room. And Did I remember- you say why? No which is kind of how he rolls. He's just so, (laughs) which I love that. But he just started playing it. And I remember feeling it was a really special moment, not just for me. I think it was just a lot of people started crying and I started crying. Yeah. Because it was this this worship song called Towards Calvary about Jesus walking towards Calvary Mm. when he he didn't have to save us, but he still chose to. Mm. And it was a moment where, I felt so affirmed. Mm-hmm. I felt yeah. so yeah. validated in the area of songwriting mm-hmm. and to see that minister to people in the yeah. room. I mean, was, as a songwriter, yeah. what more could you ask for? I know. It was really special. And I think that was definitely one of the moments where God was showing me this is what he had mm-hmm. called me to do. Mm-hmm. So we actually ended up singing that song in church. And then I started writing some songs for church. Like
2: in the the big
0: church? Yeah, yeah. Your own song? Yes. Oh, that had to be a thrill. It was, I can't even describe it. It was just so beautiful. And this was this little song I was just playing by myself. Now you're hearing a whole room full of people. Auditorium? Yes. Oh my goodness. So I think that's something that I've always tried to hold on to as I've grown in songwriting and as the opportunities have expanded, I've always tried to hold on to the the reason why I started in the first place. Mm, And that's just because I love it. And I love writing a song that could, you know, move the heart of God. How do you do that? That's, Mm. I don't think there's anything better than that. I just think it's the most incredible thing. And I remember writing that song in my room by myself. I showed it to a friend who showed it to our pastor and it grew from there. Yeah. But I never wrote it to do that. Mm, It was just because I loved writing music. And Mm -hmm. I remember continuing to write songs for church and eventually in my early 20s it was a pretty tough year i'll be mm, honest mm. and you know we go through a lot of things as early 20 year olds and i was going through a really just tough year mm. it was and i wrote two songs out of brokenness mm. and which was actually really unusual which as unusual. you know
2: some of the best stuff yes out of but brokenness. it's so
0: painful at the, time, at the same time yes yeah. So, it was really unusual for a year to go by hmm. and have written two songs because I'd been writing a lot before yeah. then and that was a real indicator that this was not a good season and it mm. was just really tough. It was kind of a season where I was building my faith because I wanted to be on solid ground mm-hmm. and not in anything else and it was just not the easiest season but I remember writing two songs out of that and eventually we sang those at church and to see those songs so one of them the first one was called i know who you are Hmm. and the second one is called sings my soul and they ended up being recorded by planet shakers and sung at church when I saw them reach people and minister to them and help them in their brokenness, that was the moment I said to God, I will do this for my whole life. Mm. If you make a way, I'll just, this is all I want to do is just write songs. That's cool. So that was definitely the moment for me that really marked me for songwriting Mm -hmm. because up until Mm -hmm. then it had been really, really fun and awesome. But when it gets, a broken place and Mm -hmm. you write a song that's Mm -hmm. when it becomes really real Mm -hmm. because I remember the bridge that I wrote which is the first part that I wrote for I Know Who You Are Mm -hmm. the lyric was I may not have much left but you provide Mm. and that lyric for me was a real turning point because I wasn't just writing what I knew was the right thing to say it was actually writing in a very honest way because at the time if i can be honest i was depressed Mm. and i didn't so i may not have much left it was it was a real like rock bottom Mm. the worst place but i still had faith and i said i may not have much left but you provide and that was a key to me because there's nothing wrong in writing from your honesty mm-hmm, but if you stay mm-hmm. in your circumstance nothing's going to change mm-hmm. so by saying but you provide to mm-hmm. God it was still showing that I had a heart of faith that this can change I know mm-hmm. that you can provide a way for me to get out of this mm-hmm. valley and yeah that was when I learned to write honestly in my songs and it was just a beautiful way to write and to see that reach people and, and help them mm-hmm. through their dark times
2: That's the song, I Know Who You Are, performed live by Planet Shakers and written by our guest today, Mitch Wong. Well, thank you so much for joining us today for part one of our conversation with Grammy Award-winning singer and songwriter, Mitch Wong. We invite you to join us again next time when Mitch will share more of his story and his road to winning a Grammy Award. That's all coming up next time right here on Real Faith.
1: You've been listening to Real Faith,